All right, so in this first section here, um, we're going to talk about positioning, and we're really going to make sure that the foundation is solid and our understanding of what we're trying to get done here is solid. Um, being persuasive can be seen as man manipulative and evil if you're selling something bad. So obviously the assumption is you're doing something good for investors, you're selling something good, you're being genuine and authentic along the way. Um, and just understanding where your investors are coming from, what they want, what their frustrations are, and what your competitors offer is really critical to everything else we're going to talk about today. So you have to know your space. Otherwise, you'll try to be unique in a way that no one cares about, or it's actually not unique. Everybody else is saying that. Um, and we'll give many examples of that here today. So you have to feel, you have to see where the competitors are, like on the soccer field, before you figure out where you want to stand on the field, right? If you're standing with everybody else over in the corner, or everybody else right in the middle of the field, then you're a commodity and you don't want to be seen that way. You want to be seen, you know, as really unique out there. So targeting the right type of investor is really critical. Um, if you need to raise a billion dollars and you've never raised capital before, it's a very low probability that that will happen. And we have some people who come to us sometimes, not too often anymore, uh, that say, hey, and I, we're going to buy this sports team. And then they have like two guys trying to do this. They've never raised capital before and they're trying to raise a billion dollars. Like very, very unlikely it's going to happen, right? Um, if you've raised 10 million a year and now you want to jump to 50 million or 100 million, some people pull that off and more power to you. Um, but many times it goes in incremental phases and you can't easily raise a billion dollars from small high net worth investors. So it'll take a lot of distribution. Um, and the same token is you're not going to raise, you know, a million dollars and go to pension funds and endowment funds. It's not worth their time. A sovereign wealth fund, they won't get out of bed for anything under an 80 million, hundred million dollar check size. They'd rather put out two to 300 million at a time. Otherwise they'll have 3000 investments on their balance sheet. So you have to go to the right type of investor for where you are realistically. And everyone's usually trying to upgrade. And lots of times people come to us because they've been raising capital at 25 K to 150 K per check, maybe 200 K per check. They're trying to raise that to half a million or a million per check more often or bring in three to five or $10 million check sizes. Um, and we know that from running the club for quite a long time. So just keeping that in mind and figuring out not only what size of investor you want to target, whether it's institutional, um, small institutions, emerging manager programs, small investors, um, quasi-family offices that might not call themselves a family office, but maybe they're worth $50 million, and figuring out not just the size of investor, but the exact type and thinking what is the type of investor that is pre-motivated to do business with me? Um, and I think that one thing that took me quite a while to realize is just that when people struggle to raise capital, it's typically because they are not thinking through a diagram we're going to show you later on the three trust curves, but they're typically not showing a deal to someone who already trusts them, knows the industry, or is local to the deal. And it's really that, that simple on a fundamental basis. So if you're going to investors on average who don't know you, don't know the industry, and they're not local to you or the deal, you're probably not going to raise very much capital at all. So the right size of investor and the right, right type of investor. Local meaning like, um, let's say somebody has known you for a decade, they like self-storage, and they're based right here in New York. The self-storage deal you want to do is in Nigeria. You might be like, mm, I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure about Nigeria, even though it likes one of the booming economies in Africa, you know, of all places in Africa, that'd be one of the top three places maybe to do something like that. Um, so, but you being local to them may win them over and maybe you can get them to go travel there, see where it is and see what's happening. And that would be a way to maybe win them over. So that's an example. Yeah. So if you're starting at ground zero in all three, then you're in big trouble. So if you walk into a pharmacy and you have a migraine 
or if you have arthritis and your knees are killing you, then you want this medicine here, right? Arthritin, because it's medicine made for arthritis. Who knows if it's just ibuprofen with different marketing on it? You know, like I said, it's supposed to be genuinely adding value and not just putting on a marketing facade to try to trick people into something. Um, but that's an example of a type of investors looking for something or they're predisposed to want to invest in something. I always like to use the example of um, if you are an attorney, then maybe you'd invest in a litigation hedge fund that backs legal cases and you get paid out when the case wins. As a lawyer, you might be able to give them good deal flow, provide insight, or at least understand the merits and risks of a case and what goes into that and how to judge whether someone's going to win or not. Um, and so it's going to be easier to raise capital from a law firm partner than someone who's never heard of a litigation fund, doesn't know how litigation happens or even what it means to have a big group of class act like uh, plaintiffs going up against a big corporation, right? So um, that's something that a lot of people don't get right. They don't have the right size of investor or the right target type of investor. And if you don't have that, you're at a major disadvantage to others who do have that focus. This is what happens if you say you are a, a long short hedge fund or a lower middle market private equity group, or you do value add multifamily. You look like 100,000 other people, and instantly anyone sophisticated like doesn't care, and they'll probably smile and say, oh, great, nice to meet you. But like, they know tons of people that do exactly that. right? Anyone who could write a big check knows 1,000 people who are value-add multifamily or long-short hedge fund. So it doesn't really mean anything. What you want to do is think, what makes us strong, unique, value-add, special, more focused, more dialed in, better returns? Why did we start our firm in the first place? And define a sandbox for yourself. There's only one to three competitors. Maybe you buy dry cleaners in Austin, not all over the country. Or maybe instead of private equity, you invest into real estate tech. And then you define what, what niche within that or how, how you maybe raise capital from people who have large portfolios of real estate. And you say, hey, we'll apply our tech. We'll show you our costs and be transparent. And we'll put it at cost on four of your commercial real estate buildings. And when you say you have a ton on your energy bill and your NOI goes up and you're at a 5% cap rate and you get 20 times any cost savings on the valuation of that property, you're going to want to invest in our real estate tech fund or this real estate tech device. And maybe that's a demographic that's much easier to convince to invest than just some random high net worth investor. And you've got to teach them why a big commercial real estate owner would want this. And then you have one over a champion in the industry who might help you raise more capital or tell their real estate peers they do deals with to use that device, et cetera. So that's a good example of that. Uh, you want to tighten the sandbox, but not go so niche that you starve. If you go really, really niche and you're just too early for your time or too focused, you may never get enough deals done, right? Like maybe if you do self-storage only in Omaha, Nebraska, maybe that's, maybe that's an excellent niche or maybe it's too small. I don't know. You know, I'm not familiar with, with storage there. So you want to define it tight, but not too tight. You don't want to have more than two or three competitors, in my opinion, if you're not getting lots of traction right now, then niching it down. It's much more powerful to say, um, we only invest into medical practices in the state of Texas, then we invest in medical practices all over the world. It's a little bit more focused to say United States, a little more focused to say these three states, even more focused to say only in uh, New York City. Right? It's a more clear image. It's more believable that as a small team, you may be the most informed, connected person buying dry cleaners in Austin, Texas. It's probably not a lot of people who are sophisticated who are playing that game and no one else they've ever met in their entire life. So that's what you want to think. Like, how, do, how does this position me against everyone else they've talked to their whole life up to this point? And can I be talking to people who would care about that sentence when you get that dialed in? You have to first focus on the right person, have the right positioning against your competition, 
and make it very compelling and high conviction and clear of why they should care and how it makes you really unique. So I know that's like four concepts at once that I'm like throwing at you, but we're going to go through a couple more slides on this. But it's important that you see how these things stack on top of each other um, and they build throughout the day. The later parts of the day won't make sense fully. You won't be able to use them today fully unless you have a pretty clear picture of some of those components we just talked about. And it takes talking to your team, meditating on it, getting feedback from other people, trying something on, seeing if that works, and then iterating over time. 